Hi everyone, it's Debbie McGee, known as the lovely Debbie McGee. It's my brand new podcast, Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee, in which you will find out whether I'm really lovely or not, or whether it's just a myth. But I hope that you'll join me every week to hear different stories from my life. You know, what motivates me, what's happened to me, who I've met, and how I met my late husband, Paul Daniels. That's in Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Spill the Tea Podcast with Debbie McGee. So here we are with another Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. And I just can't believe I've been able to fit in a lovely friend who I've known for not too many years, but we go back a fair ways because he is actually on the other side of the ocean to us. He's in LA and it's Chesney Hawks. So hi, Chesney. Hello, the lovely Debbie McGee. Oh, so, you know, (laughs) the last time we were properly together was doing the uh, Celebrity Antiques Road Trip, (laughs) which now must have been repeated 50 times. Oh, I get it all the time. People are like, they're playing it again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, (laughs) which we we just had great fun, didn't we? Oh, yeah. And so basically you you kick my ass in it uh, every every three (laughs) weeks or something like that. And then everyone sees you kick my ass in. uh, (laughs) And nobody forgets. In case you didn't know, she won. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I had to just mention the program, hoping you'd say that there. (laughs) Now, so... um, I will talk to you about what life is like in lockdown uh, in LA and whether it's sort of very similar to here. But first of all, just for people listening who know you, who might want to know a bit more about you or somebody who doesn't know you, who's listening in to spill the tea, um, Mm -hmm. to find out about you. So, you know, if we go back to when you were a little boy, you came from a pretty show business family, didn't you? I did. My old man was the bass player and singer with the Tremolos. And you know my dad, don't you? Yeah. Um, and so I grew up in a very rock and roll household with like guitars, you know, everywhere. And there's a piano there. And all my dad's mates were, you know, 60s superstars like uh, Jerry Marsden and, uh, the, you know, the Marmalade and the Searchers and all that. They were, And Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mick and Titch were all like Uncle Dave, Uncle Dozy, <laughs> Uncle B- <laughs> you know. So... I grew up around um, the, the the business. My mum was also um, kind of famous in her own right. She she was one of the golden girls on the Golden Shot. Yeah, with Bob Monkhouse. I can exactly. remember watching her when I was little. Yeah, she was so pretty, and she yeah. did movies and things as well, didn't she? And yeah, she she was in uh, the Young Ones. Remember yeah. with Cliff Richard. Yeah. Um, she did um, all sorts of little things. She did the Haunted House of Horror. <laughs> Which was a, she just basically screamed all the way through. It's hilarious for us now and her, and her grandkids watching it now. She just basically, she cried and screamed all the way through it. <laughs> and got paid for it. <laughs> I got paid for it, exactly. <laughs> and I seem to, well, we're going to talk about you, but, you know, I think the whole thing of who you are is kind of a lot of it's come from your parents because your mum was yeah. also in Sale of the Century. So, as you said, you yeah. know, life at home to you is normal, but, you know, t- to any of us, 
who had a normal life. He's just yes. dropped his microphone, everybody, but don't yeah, worry. Sorry about that. No. It's, it's come up again now. Um, you know, to any of us with a normal uh, upbringing, with parents not in show business, it, you know, we'd be mm. in awe of this. So one of the things, because, you know, and I mean it, is, you know, you are one of the nicest people I've met in show business, Chesney, and in the nicest possible way, you're very unshow busy. And yeah. you're very comfortable with who you are. And a lot of people who've come from such a showbiz background tend to have real problems down the line. Yeah. So how have you stayed so normal? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the feeling's mutual too, Debbie. You are one of the nicest people I've ever met, period, let alone in the business. Thank you. Um, but I think, I mean, you know, you've met my dad. Um, he's a very down-to-earth kind of guy. Um I think he and my mum kind of, you know, brought us up in a very uh, normal way, in a way, even though it was surrounded with, like, you know, craziness and showbiz and stuff like that. But family always came first. Um, so us kids always felt very loved, uh, and we still do. And, uh, you know, my brother and sister are still my best friends. Um, Dad was very much a family man, and... Mm that really came through I think for us and so when I kind of first made it and everything was went crazy and I was thrown into that hurricane <laughs> mm -hmm. um he he was there to keep my my feet on the ground yeah and, and so he, was my brother my brother was my younger brother is my my drummer and has been since the early days um so if I ever kind of got too big for my boots he would always bring me back down <laughs> again <laughs> and there's a lovely story that you tell on your website from a, a chat you did in LA, if and I'll remind you of it in case you did it, did it a long yeah. time ago, um, of you know how it all began. Um, that you'd at 19, you know, you'd sort of said to your dad, I want to be in the music industry and a pop star. And yeah. your dad said, You've got 12 weeks. <laughs> yes, he did. It's he really did. He knows what it's like and how difficult it is, you know, in the business. So yeah, I'd finished my schooling and his dad said, what do you want to do f with your life then? Knowing all very well what <laughs> I was going to say. Um, and I said, well, I want to be a musician. I want to be, I want to write songs. I want to be a pop star. I want to do all that stuff, you know. And uh, he said, okay, all right, I, I get it. So you've got the talent, son, but I will say it's difficult. and think you know that. So I'm going to give you till the end of the summer to, to make a living out of music and if you ha if you're not earning a, a living before the end of the summer then you're gonna have to go back to school which I didn't want to do I didn't want to yeah, go I never, you know I did not <laughs> want to go to college or anything like that I just wanted to get out there mm. play, play my guitar and you know do that and so I <laughs> I took that as a you know a contract almost and we shook on it and I went out and started to find gigs and I, I <laughs> I ended up being, you know, a piano man because uh, that was my first instrument. I've, got, I've always got my piano here. Um, <laughs> so we could, we, let's do a sing song later. On. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I went off and I found gigs um, playing in pubs and wine bars and weddings and, you know, bar mitzvahs mm. and wherever they'd have me, to be honest with you. And I'd sit in the corner and, and that's how I learned my craft. I said, that's how I learn how to perform how to just kind of you know be be a musician because one day it would be 
I'd be sitting in the in the corner on the piano playing songs and just kind of making stuff up as I went along, really, um, and nobody really paying any attention to me. And then other nights it would be everybody around the piano asking asking for songs and you know calling out, mm. play some Billy Joel or whatever, you know. So so they were. It's a very very two different um, kind of experiences when you're playing like stuff like that so yeah. so but basically the, 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 to cut a long story short is I was earning quite a lot of, uh, doing quite well at 15 years old um, you know playing piano in little places by the end of the summer so so dad was like okay good, and good, then good lad <laughs> there was sort of another sort of a bit of a disaster happened in that you had to go into hospital and have yeah. your four wisdom teeth out which yeah. actually almost led on to something else which yeah I let you... did, yeah I, it was I, I thought that was going to be the end of of my kind of contract with the, with dad I thought maybe he would extend it mm. <laughs> you know but uh, yeah I had to I had to go into hospital have my wisdom teeth out and uh when I was in hospital there, um, I, I, it was literally after I'd had the operation and I kind of opened my eyes and the, the days with cotton in my mouth and stuff. And, and I saw Roger Daltrey on a, on a TV screen in the corner of the room on GMTV or something like that. And he was kind of appealing for a young boy that could possibly be his son and that could sing and play piano and guitar. And uh, I was like, that's me. I could do that. <laughs> so I said to Dad, I had to cop one in my mouth. I said, Dad, I want to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> so, so literally a couple of weeks later, I found myself at an audition, and uh, you know, I I was so luckily it was the right time, right place, and I was the right right boy for the for that part, and I ended up getting that part, and that's what kind of started it all off. And I, one of the bits I love about that story is, you know, you you had to play guitar but you hadn't really played the guitar. So you had no. done a bit of practicing. Your dad had taught you a couple of chords. Yes. Um, but then when you went to do the screen test, which was for the acting, um, Roger surprised you in a part of the script, didn't he? Where he was a bit physical. Well, yeah, it was, it was a very emotive, emotional scene because um, the, the boy that I played, was his parents were getting divorced. So it was this, the scene was like this really emotional scene with the dad. And so it was me and Roger and the script kind of called for him to, to, to hit me basically. And I, I had never acted before in my life. So I, I literally thought that, well, when it gets to that bit in the, in the scene, he's obviously going to pretend to hit me and I'm going to pretend to be hit or something <laughs> like that. But no, Roger being Roger, he, he just, he got there and he just, he walloped me across the face. <laughs> <laughs> so you and didn't I have just, to act <laughs> no there was no acting uh, there were tears <laughs> that's probably why I got the part you know. <laughs> I did have so, a big red mark on my face after that so that was the movie uh, Buddy's Song wasn't it so yes. you were only about what 19 or something when you Younger got it than that, I, was, yeah. I think I was like 17, 18 when I made that film so yeah. had when did the one and only come about and you had this enormous hit where you became huge everywhere <laughs> well that was actually kind of an afterthought uh, in, during the film because um, there was it's a very musical based film and the and the young boy that I played um, you know he wrote songs so all of those songs I actually got to write some of those songs I was very lucky really to, to be getting the, given the chance mm. to do that um, but then you know we got to the end of the film we'd made the film and the record was being made I was recording at Abbey Road it was all very exciting and 
then the record label said, David, we really loved the album. I think it's, we think it's a, a wonderful album and it really it goes well with the film and it's fab fabulous that we have that to help promote and cross-pollination and all that. But we think there might be a potential another song, you know, a, a potential single or something like that. So everybody in the team, and there was a lot of people in the team, was kind of looking for songs. I was writing songs, you know, but I was only <laughs> 18 years old. So... Um, so my dad knew this guy who who uh, was Nick Kershaw's um, publisher, and he took he, he went out for lunch with this guy and he he played him a song, and he said, "What do you think of this?" And, and it came on and it was obviously Nick Kershaw. So you can always tell, and Nick, Nick's very you know recognizable in his singing. Mm. And so dad was like, "Oh, it's just a, Nick, a new Nick Kershaw album." Well, Chesney will be pleased because he loves Nick Kershaw, you know. Get a little scoop before it comes out, you know. And he said, "Well, you know, it is Nick, but it's he's not." recording he's decided to take a little sabbatical from you know his mm -hmm. his pop stardom and he's, he wants to kind of get into writing for other people so dad literally brought me a cassette remember those yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> so, and you know it had a whole bunch of nick kershaw songs on it which i was very excited about so i listened to the whole thing and i put, and as i was listening to it i put a little asterisk to the songs that i liked and the one and only was one of those songs and so we took it to the people uh, mm. involved in the film and played it at Abbey Road, actually. I remember at Studio 3 with all the team there. Roger was there, the producer of the album was there, and, you know, the director of the film, was management, record label. I mean, as I said, too many chefs. Mm. So we put the record, we, we put the one and only, Nick's version of the one and only on. And it kind of went down like a lead balloon, to be honest with you. People were like, eh. It's all right, you know. It's a, mm. It sounds. One of them said it sounds like a Nick Kershaw throwout, you know. And uh, I, I mean, I, I was excited to thought think that I might actually get to meet Nick. So it was my my main driving <laughs> force to actually record that song was that <laughs> I'm gonna get to meet Nick Kershaw. Mm. And uh, but then that, that all those hopes were dashed in a way. And my dad always believed in the song. He was like, "Listen, this is a hit song." I don't care what mm. any of you guys say, is a hit song. He he was the one. He really yeah. was. And I suppose he had so The one and only, even. Yeah. <laughs> he had so many with the tremolos. I suppose he kind of had a feel for it. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. He's, my dad's always had great ears uh, mm. for, for a hit song. Um, he's he's very, very good like that. And I, I think that's, you know, one of the reasons they put out the right singles um, in the 60s, mm. you know, where, and maybe my dad had a lot to do with it, you know. So anyway, that weekend went by and we were a little bit dejected. And then the A&R man from the record label called called Dad up. I think it was on the Sunday and that was the Friday that they played it. And he said, OK, now I, you might have something here, Chip. And uh, that's what my dad's <laughs> yeah. name is. And uh, so let's let's get the boy on it. Let, let's let's record him, you know, uh, this week. So so I, that week I got to meet Nick and Nick came in and produced the record and put my my vocal on it and. And of course, the rest is history. You know, yeah. It came out and uh, it kind of took over the world, that record. Well, I mean, it was at number one here for about five weeks or more, wasn't it? Yeah, five and, weeks it was. Yeah. But you were also in the top 10 in America, which very rarely yeah. happened to English no. bands or um, pop stars at that time. No, I really didn't. It was just, it was me and EMF. You remember those guys? Yeah. They were unbelievable. They had a hit around the same time, and then a band called Jesus Jones, another English band. But that was it. It was literally those those three records were the ones at that time that were from England. The rest of it was all American acts yeah. for some I, reason. And I can't imagine, you know, at that young age, how you felt, and and also for your dad, it must have been great as well. Yeah, so it was you all know, very exciting. Things <laughs> moved on, and you had this amazing 
pop career and also I'm sure the one and only you can tell me if I'm wrong but wasn't it in the movie of Doc Holliday as well Doc Hollywood and Hollywood, it was a Michael, J, was it. Uh, Michael J Fox film and um, that is what I think put it put it over the edge here in the states because it was kind of faltering a little bit you know around mm. the 40 mark yeah and then uh, and then that film came out and it was such I mean if you've ever seen that film it's literally very very rarely does this happen um, it's always a holy grail to get a song in a in a Hollywood film you know especially like Michael J Fox was massive at the time and it's very rare that you get like the whole song played normally you'll get like 30 seconds sometimes even less like 10 seconds of your song mm. or whatever but for some reason they chose the one and only at, for the very beginning of the film and they played the whole song through the <laughs> all of the opening credits um with michael j fox driving this boxed of red porsche and it was it was like an amazing music video <laughs> with michael <laughs> j fox and then it ended the, the song ended went right through to the end and then the film began it was just the most amazing sync ever you know mm. so i think that's what helped it over here and then you went on to do, you know, loads more albums. You've done a bit of acting as well. And then in more recent years, um, especially, you know, you've made your home in L.A., uh, married an American lady, and you've I got, did. you know, a lovely family because I've met your kids. Um, so say hi to them from me and your lovely hi, wife. Um, so and now, you know, you, you're back. I know not because we're in the pandemic, but before that, you know, even in your diary next year, there's loads of festivals and things yeah. over here you're doing, different bits of um, TV. And so has that life has just become normal now, jumping backwards and forth yeah. across the o ocean. <laughs> well, I did, funnily enough, I moved here about eight years ago. And mm. right at that particular time, I got I just suddenly loads of work came came to me in England. Mm. And so I, I literally spent, you know, these eight seven years really just back and forth back and forth mm -hmm. every other week you know I've, I've moaned to you about it in the past haven't I? Mm. I'm always on the bloody plane and it, it actually became quite draining um mm. and I'm trying to figure out you know over this time how to kind of balance a life where I've got my life here and my children and I want to be with them more um but it never just kind of came it never happened I, I was just all these gigs and I was like well I've got to go because that's my work that's my job I've got to come mm. back and forth you know and I just you know I would come back sometimes every two weeks it was crazy um and then so so when COVID hit um everything just stopped you know the t the tap was turned off so on one way it was beautiful because I got to spend this incredible time with my family and you know we we've been together this whole year and I've been you know we've having dinners together and family movies and walks with the dogs and we had you know board games and stuff it's been really beautiful and wonderful and I've I've been writing songs with my wife and you know the, helping the kids with their music my my youngest is an amazing guitar player and so family life has just been wonderful you know financially it hasn't been great for me obviously because <laughs> <laughs> that was 95 percent of my income is, mm. is gigs so you know we're, we're struggling a little bit in that respect but um, I'm trying to kind of, the positive side of it is, has been my time with my family. It's been wonderful. Listen, Chesney, so, I could talk to you all day. Oh, I know. But, we, could, uh, we could go on for hours, couldn't we? We could. <laughs> and true. I, you know, it's just been lovely. And also, because we're doing this on Zoom, which, of course, people will just be listening to our voices. But I can see you, so it's great. And it's so lovely to see you. I've, yeah. I've missed you. Yeah, missed you too. And 
Um, you, people can go to your website because you've got loads of stuff already booked for next year in England. Fingers crossed. We'll all yeah, be back. Yeah, a new tomorrow. album coming out, Debbie. We'll have That's you as it. well. Well, well, because it got put on hold. You see, mm. <laughs> because of COVID, I, I, I would have been, would have um, put it out in in March this year. That was the mm. exact date, and of course, that's when it all kicked off. So, so we've put it back to March 2021. So, I've, right. got, yeah, I've got all sorts of things going on next year. New album, uh, hopefully a one man show that I'm working on. Um, maybe even a musical that I've been writing. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy in lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fantastic because then it'll all happen when we come out of this and I'll get yeah. to see you because you'll be back in the UK. I'll be back and we can meet yeah. up for a proper cup of tea. <laughs> Absolutely. Chesney, loads of love. Bye. L lots of love to you. Spill the tea with Debbie McGee. You know you want to.